the return of the greatest. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's been about a month and a half since we've recorded. What's been going on? What's the timeline talking about these days? The big thing is unpaid internships. Oh, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, that was a couple days ago uh, from a reporter in the NFL, a woman by the name of Jane Slater, I believe. Cowboys reporter. Yeah, made a tweet about unpaid internships and if anybody was interested in working for one and then she just got the worst end of it (laughs) (laughs) they roasted her huh yeah it was it was kind of uh kind of unnecessary to bring her that much hate but i think it brought up the conversation around unpaid internships and how they're pretty immoral in Mm -hmm. 2021 right and i guess i'll go first my take on the whole thing is internships are great right they're great resume builders and provide you valuable experience in whatever career path you choose and an unpaid internship might be great for you but it might not be great for me and that's okay especially if you recognize that you're not going to get paid but at the end of the day for me i feel like you should be paid for the work that you do and the work that you provide for a company. And it's kind of that simple for me. Um, I think the majority of people agree with my take. And personally, I'm not working 20 hours or 25 hours for a company if they aren't going to compensate me in any type of way. So that's just my take on the situation. And everybody in the fantasy industry was sharing their come up stories and how they had to uh, grind their five unpaid internships back in 1990 when college (laughs) tuition was only ten thousand dollars you know college tuition is only sixty thousand dollars if you go to a four-year university in 2021 so that was that was fun to see uh all of the old boomers that are yeah. with the times uh that that's a pretty standard thing in fantasy twitter but right and that that was like one of the main things for me it's like yeah a lot of these people are coming from perspectives of like entryways into the business that are just like not applicable anymore like yeah. you couldn't just get on twitter and, and make noise and and be discovered right or you couldn't just create a show and it gained steam and and boom now you're in like so i think that was one i think the point that a lot of people made about it being like a barrier for certain people of like a certain socioeconomic standard to not be able to do it because like i can't work 20 hours because i have to work you know for my apartment or for the food on my mm-hmm. table whereas like some people that just wasn't a thing mm-hmm. um so i understand why people were kind of killing jane slater for that and just being like well yeah like your grandparents paid for your life or whatever they were saying i i get that part of it I was thinking about for us, right? Like we work on this podcast for free a lot of the time, but we're building equity in ourselves. We're building equity in something we own, which is entirely different from going to work for a company that you have no ownership stake in. No, you're not really building for yourself. You're building for them and they're just exploiting your labor. So yeah, I, I agree with the take that it's relatively immoral, but some people don't care about that. Like we're coming at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to move if it isn't for money or equity in myself. Other people are just like, I want to work a nine to five, you know, getting a job is my end goal and this is the way to do it. So I'm going to do it. So I I think it's a person by person thing. It's based on your goals and what you want to do, I suppose. I don't think it makes sense for people like you or I. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I was going to say just from my own personal experience, um, Obviously, like I didn't grow up poor or anything, but I couldn't afford to take on an unpaid internship because, you know, some of us don't have families to pay for all of our bills. Right. And I guess that's where the disconnect came from. And I just have a tweet here from Taylor Rooks on Twitter, which I feel Mm -hmm. like sums up the situation perfectly. And the tweet reads, unpaid internships help perpetuate a larger system that gives already advantaged people more advantages 
Many things in life come down to what choices are available to you, and working without being paid is a choice many can't make. That shouldn't be the cost of opportunity. I just feel like that sums mm-hmm. up the whole situation. Um, so shout out to Taylor Rooks on Twitter for tweeting that, and all in all, that's just my thoughts on the situation. I I just don't believe in them, to be honest. God, mic drop after that. I got I got nothing. You're right. That's a perfect uh, <laughs> summation of the situation. <laughs> What do you say we get into some fantasy talk? <laughs> right? Let's go. All right, bet. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 130 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're back. All right. I don't know what else needs to be said. The return of the greatest. Like I said, we're talking NFL news today. We're catching up on some of the big stories that we missed during our month and a half long hiatus. Uh, We're going to be taking a look at some of the early best ball ADPs, highlight a few players that I'm buying at their price, get Joey's reaction to that. We're going to talk about NBA top shots, revisit our take from last month, see if we were completely bugging out or if we stand (laughs) by it. Um, you know, we're going to lay out what we're doing this off season, the content we're going to be creating. This is an absolutely packed show, Joey, but before we get into things, you know, can you tell the people how to support <laughs> the podcast? Maybe they forgot. Yeah. Um, you can help support the DFS dose by following us on Twitter at the DFS dose. That's where we tweet out everything in terms of our content. So Ben's articles, our videos that we might post on our YouTube channel, this podcast, everything will be tweeted out on there. So make sure you are following us. Another way you can help support us is just by making sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whether that be on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever podcast platform you use. And then you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where we will be releasing videos every single week uh, this offseason starting this week. So make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel at the DFS Dose. And finally, another way you can help support us is by joining our Discord, which is linked down below in the description It's free to join. We're going to be doing some giveaways to Discord members, and we're also going to be uh, providing some exclusive content to Discord members. So go ahead and join that. It's free to join, and it helps us out a lot. So Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we we got even more than that coming, right? We've got streams. We've got uh, got TikToks, right? I mean, tell the people about what we got going (laughs) on there. I mean, I didn't know if we wanted to get fully into it, but we might as well. Might as well. We might as well uh, let the listeners know what we got in store. So basically, we're just going to try and provide more content on different social media platforms. So we're going to TikTok at the DFS Dose. If you want to follow us over there, have zero followers, but we're going to see how far we can run that up. So Uh, are are we doing dances, though, or are we talking fantasy? I mean, Uh, I'm down (laughs) for whatever you want to do, but just curious <laughs> no dances no um, silhouette challenge uh, no <laughs> right. no silhouette Thank challenge God. we are strictly doing fantasy on tiktok uh, i think there's a large market to capitalize on over mm. there so we'll be posting tiktoks as soon as today if you're listening to this so make sure you go follow us over there and then like ben said we're doing some streams on youtube every monday night we're gonna start off by doing a couple of best ball drafts 
on drafters, I believe. Uh, so we're going to take a look at players' ADPs, see who's going where, just get a feel for the best ball field uh, early in March. So that's going to be fun. And then we're going to put out some videos every Saturday on the YouTube channel. Um, those will vary weekly depending on the news that comes out for the NFL. Obviously, we have free agency starting in, what, 10 days, and then we have the draft in a month and a half or so. So we're going to have a lot of content coming out surrounding the NFL, um, just trying to just trying to provide uh, more content for the listeners or potential listeners out there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super uh, excited to do these streams too. I think they'll have a different feel from our shows. You know, we're just going to, you know, keep it, keep it real, keep it thorough, you know, just get into it, talk about players, you know, as the situations are developing. Um, I have a mission on these streams to expand Joey's taste into the (laughs) world of craft beers. You know, Joey's a guy who drinks like like Bud what, Light, like Bud Light, I can, Light I like some straight, some straight standard ass I got, basic shit. I got some Bud Light and some Jenny Light in this mini fridge. Yeah, that see, you know, <laughs> that, and, and we're gonna change that. So I'm bringing Joey some supplies. We're gonna be getting uh, some some local beers, some craft beers every single week on the stream. Get him to try something new, get his reaction. So that'll be a, a good journey for the people out there. Uh, if you're beer drinkers like myself yeah get plastered on a best ball stream and yeah draft uh sony michelle or something in the first round it's gonna be a good time if i've learned one thing over the last month it's that us getting drunk on stream is something that we've been missing that all the other successful towns are into so (laughs) yeah right All right, uh, so let, let's get into the show. Before we get into some rapid-fire takes and sort of catch up on the NFL news that we have missed in, in our month-long hiatus, uh, you know, t- let's just talk about you know what's, what's going on, like what's been going on in the month off. Um, and I'm going to start. So I think part of the reason that it took us a little while to get back is because I, you know, had, had a tough month and a half. Like I'm not gonna, not gonna lie here. No cap going to keep it thorough. It was, it was a tough end of the season last year. I think it kind of started right around Super Bowl weekend, the death of Chris Wessling. I didn't know the man personally. I wasn't in Roto World back in the day, like, like some of these people, but I was an avid listener to the around the NFL podcast for the last seven years. I think it's the best football podcast in the business. Definitely an inspiration as to why I do this podcast about football. Um, and you know, he was one of the main four hosts of that show. So, you know, this is somebody that I spent three hours per week, countless hours listening to over, over a thousand episodes of this show. Um, and then, you know, he dies of cancer, which is something that is, you know, close to my heart, close to my family, both parents have it. So it, it was pretty tough. And that was two days before the Super Bowl. So that kind of put a damper on the Super Bowl itself for me. You know, I was so like, you know, I associate that podcast with the NFL so closely. So mm-hmm. that was tough. Um, you know, and there were a lot of really like beautiful renditions that people did, you know, looking back at their time. I know Establish the Run did one because Evan Silva and Adam Levitan both worked with Wesling when he started writing football. Um, the Around the NFL tribute was beautiful too. Um, pretty sad, but um, I, I would just recommend any of our listeners out there, if you're a fan of the show, or even if you just have a couple dollars to spare, there is a GoFundMe that is 100% going to his infant son that he uh, left behind and his wife, Lakeisha. So I would just encourage people to check out that GoFundMe. I'll link it to the uh, description below. Yeah, I mean, RIP to a legend. I personally didn't follow much of him um, when he was alive, so I, I can't really speak on it too much. But I know he was a very uh, big figure uh, in fantasy football. 
and in fantasy Twitter. So RIP to him. And if you want to donate, like Ben said, the GoFundMe is in the description down below. Yeah. And uh, while we're just in this sort of a morose mood before we turn it up a little bit, I don't know if you feel this, Joey, but for me, when the content dries up, so does the life purpose a little bit. I don't know. I get a lot of my self-worth, I think, from creating content that I feel good about that I can like stand behind. I don't know if you're that way too. I bet some people out there can relate. And and I think that it's like for a creative or an entrepreneur, it's like you find the value in the things that you're creating because you may be escaping uh, not to get too deep, but you might be like escaping from the rest of your life that you're not crazy about. Whereas I think a lot of other people who maybe, you know, like their lives quite a bit, look down on their jobs because the jobs are the thing that is taking them away from the life that they live. So it, it really depends on where you find your value. If you find your value in work and not so much in your personal life, then maybe when the work dries up, um, the life itself dries up a little bit. So that's something I've been struggling with, but I, I feel absolutely great to be back. I'm, I'm super excited to be on the podcast. Is that something that you feel or, or I mean, you're, uh, you're just like totally normal, straight, uh, happy no matter what. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it, it's a, it's a tough conversation because like, I truly do sympathize with people that deal with depression symptoms and anxiety and whatever, but I've never dealt with that in my life. Like in my 23 years on this earth, and I'm not trying to glow about it or, or say that I'm perfect, but I've never had to deal with being depressed like or having anxiety or, or feeling the need to escape my normal life. Like I've just never felt that. Um, so it is hard for me to relate on a personal level, but like I said, I, I do empathize with, uh, you and people that also go through that, but yeah, man, I, I just been chilling, um, just taking a break. I think it's important to take, take some time, uh, reevaluate, create a plan, come back better than ever. And I think mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. Uh, but recently, I don't know, some, something's caught my attention. What's that? Call of Duty. Call of Duty uh, Warzone, right? Yeah, Warzone, yeah. What What about it? I mean, yo, I'm cracked. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we've already talked about this on the podcast. I don't know if you remember. We, we had the debate uh, once, you know, what matters more, KD or wins? And you were firmly on the side of KD, maybe just because you had a better KD than me at the time. <laughs> I mean, still I do. still have a better KD yeah, um, right. because I am the best call of duty player in the fantasy industry now i know many people in the fantasy industry probably never even heard of warzone so it, it might not be a large field but i take the throne um mm -hmm. i don't think anybody has me and currently i'm at a 1.84 kd if you don't know what that is um that means how many times you kill to how many times you die and i'm trying to get to a 2.0 I think I'll get there pretty soon, mm. to be honest. And once I get there, that'll be like one of my greatest achievements <laughs> ever in my life. In so. life, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's uh, that's harder said than done, right? So like, if you, bro, think about I mean, that, it is hard. It is it, oh, no, God. like, yeah. it's hard to have a two point in COD. Like, it, it actually is extremely hard. So I mean, that that's legit status. I mean, I think that I am like slightly above average, and I have a one point three you know, what's the average? Like it's like barely over one, right? At the average KD I would assume is under one, like probably like 0.9. Cause most people are guess. trash and, and they yes, die more exactly. than they get kills. Yes. Yeah. Right. That makes a lot of sense to me. So yeah. Uh, you know, Joey is a good COD player. I'll give it up to him. You know, we play together. I think that, you know, 
maybe he's a little uh, capping right now. Is he the best a little cod player? Capping. Best cod player on fantasy Twitter? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure like Evan Silva's not sitting at home grinding Warzone, but I bet there's some people out there who might uh, take <laughs> take offense to that claim. I mean, maybe, but. I'm always down to hop in a match with anybody off fantasy Twitter that wants uh, the smoke. So mm. if if anybody's listening to this, we could play COD together. I know there is some people that are big in the DFS industry that have played COD and have said it before on Twitter. So mm. might have to them. tag them. Might have to tag them in this clip and and see what's up. All right, uh, we'll see if you guys want to follow along. We'll update on Joey's journey to a 2.0. I'll be honest, I don't know if he has it in him. Like, that's my boy. I support his life, but, you know, that might be above your ceiling, my guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're actually capping right now. <laughs> hard body? Yeah, hard body. Wow, I guess uh, I guess we'll see. Time will tell. How, how long do you think it'll take you to get to a 2.0? Three months? Four months? Nah, probably like two months two months <laughs> why did, why'd you say it like that i don't i don't believe that i don't believe that you want right. to you want to put a little put nah, a little something nah, on nah, it because nah, 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 nah. i'll be in there tanking those games trying to get my fact. <laughs> that's a fact <laughs> okay all right man good stuff good stuff all right call of duty and and yeah if you guys are interested joey's been uh posting some clips on his personal twitter at joey carry dfs couple impressive snipes i mean he he's not really a sniper like that but he's been hitting some good shots mm, so best sniper in the squad Oof, oof. all right I mean, we'll see about that all right <laughs> enough is enough we've been talking for about 20 minutes and we haven't talked about nfl but man do we have a lot of stuff to get to there has been a ton of news and this is setting up to be one of the craziest off seasons hands down from like a free agency perspective from you know the perspective of nfl quarterbacks switching teams i mean there's going to be like 10 guys that move teams at this point um you know, by the by, a couple of weeks from now, honestly, when free agency ends, and then when we consider the draft, guys could get moved. You know, rookies are going to be added. There's there's multiple uh, quarterbacks in in the draft that are going to go in the first round. So this is a super exciting time to be covering the NFL, Joey. And what we're going to do here is I'm just going to fire off hella questions at you, and I just want quick reactions. Like Joey doesn't you. know these questions. I, I've I just don't. been jotting down notes. Um, you know, we got news we got some some quick adp notes you know just things and i want joey's honest reaction see where we're at you know checking the temp after being gone for a month you ready i'm ready i think one of the biggest stories that dropped was one of the first of this offseason and that was matthew stafford getting shipped off from detroit to la so i got a two-part question here part one stafford's best ball adp right now on drafters is 88.3 he's going as the quarterback 11 behind rogers wilson and jalen hurts right ahead of brady and Tannehill. are you buying or selling at that price i think i'm buying at that price to be honest yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Part two of the Stafford question, you know, in the next two years, will Matthew Stafford, A, have finally won his first playoff game, B, still be winless in the postseason, or C, be a Super Bowl champion? I think A is most likely, um, but I think he does make them a Super Bowl contender for sure. I agree. They are currently uh, favored in terms of betting odds to win that division, and I think that yeah. that is I think correct. That- they're the best team in the NFC West for sure. Mm-hmm. In a corresponding move, Jared Goff was sent over to the Lions 
over under career games played in Detroit, 16 and a half. Does he make it a full season and does he go beyond that? Um, No, I think he plays for one season and he doesn't play another game for the Lions after. Yep, I agree with that take as well. No matter how much they try and pump up Jared Goff as the future, I just do not believe it. While we're here with the Lions, they signed Tyrell the Gazelle Williams this morning. Is he worth a final round pick in best ball or no shot? Yeah, no shot for me. Um, I'm staying away from all Lions players, to be honest. Got you. I got <laughs> you. I, I kind of feel that. Uh, Carson Wentz, that was that was a big quarterback move. He got sent over to the Indianapolis Colts. Let me throw these numbers at you. Phillip Rivers, last year, 2020, as the Colts starter, averaged 15.69 fantasy points per game. That was the 28th most at the quarterback position. So do you think that Wentz is higher or lower than that in fantasy points per game after this year? I mean, he's definitely higher. Like that's not a high, <laughs> that's not a high benchmark to to beat. <laughs> it's it's not, but you could definitely make the case that Wentz was worse than Philip Rivers was last year. He was, but I I think that's the floor for Carson Wentz, for sure. Um and especially with him going to Indy with a solid O-line, they have solid weapons, and he's reuniting with Frank Reich. Yeah, I, I, I'm i high on Carson Wentz for 2021, to be honest. Interesting. Uh, corresponding question once again, Jalen Hurts. He's going as the quarterback 10 right now. If we're talking about an eighth-round price tag in drafts, do you think he's going to pay that off? I mean, yeah, 100%. Mm. Um, that reminds me of like Josh Allen last year, yes. uh, who was getting drafted in what, the seventh sixth round eighth round last year um yeah that has the same feel to me especially with Hertz rushing upside the sky's the limit he could finish as quarterback one if he starts all 16 games yep and I think right now his price is being a little bit suppressed actually because there's speculation that they're going to add to the quarterback room I think that that does not happen I think Hertz is the future and I think his ADP is going to continue to rise post-draft when they don't draft anybody high yeah, I definitely agree. All right. Rank these quarterbacks in terms of likelihood that they will be playing on a different team. So, you know, first is most likely to leave, you know, second and, and yada, yada. So Deshaun Watson, Texans, Dak Prescott, Cowboys, Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks. I think the order is how you said it. Watson, Dak, Russ, Watson's yes. most likely to leave, Wilson's least. Yes, that's the order that I believe is correct. I disagree. I, I mean, Watson, he's gone. Like that That's set in stone. He's not going to be <laughs> on the Texans. I think that Russell Wilson is actually second on this list. I don't think Dak is going anywhere. Um, I don't think that the Cowboys would be foolish enough to let yeah. him go. But I think that the relationship between Wilson and Pete Carroll, like these quotes that are coming out are starting to be reminiscent of the Tom Brady quotes where it's like, yeah, they, they're saying they want him back, but it seems like the relationship is fractured. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's just- just the fact that Dak is a free agent, um, which makes it more likely for him to leave rather mm-hmm. than the Seahawks trading Russ. But I could definitely see like a blockbuster trade happening if the Seahawks get the right offer for us. Rank these quarterbacks in terms of likelihood that they are actual starting NFL quarterbacks in week one this year. Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, one. Sam Darnold, two. Marcus Mariota, three. Mm-hmm. All right. I agree with that fully. Most of the big free agents that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks will be on new teams within three weeks of the time of this recording. So at this time, Jameis Winston is getting drafted at an ADP of quarterback 27 in the same range as guys like Goff, Mariota, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. After free agency happens, is his ADP going to be higher or lower? What kind of situation is he landing in? 
Um, I think the most likely scenario with Jameis Winston is that he returns back to the Saints as the Saints starter, and then I could see his ADP uh, rising to probably quarterback 18 to quarterback 20. Definitely won't be at quarterback 27 for sure. Yeah, he he's a screaming bye to me right now. I, I yeah. can't believe that he's going so late, like in the same vein as Goff or Mariota. No shot. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's transition away from the quarterback talk and get into a couple of sports bets. Right now, Giants and Eagles are both plus 425 to win the NFC East in 2021. Which one are you betting on? Um, Give me the Giants. Giants over the Eagles? No yeah. shot, Jalen. Come on, bro. That's You're, you're hating on Jalen Hurts right now. Putting some faith in Danny Dimes. <laughs> I, I think the Giants team all around low-key might be a little bit better but Daniel Jones is ass so Mm -hmm. that obviously hurts them but if he can take what a year three leap who knows I I think the Giants could be a dark horse uh, sleeper in the NFC East I could see it I mean we know they've got the wide receiver talent all right Patriots plus 500 to win the AFC East or Arizona plus 500 to win the NFC West Arizona Arizona Arizona, um, the Patriots right now, the future looks uh, very suspect, to say the least. Grim. At, yeah, as a Patriots fan, they need to make some moves in this free agency, but I think they will. I think they will sign a high-profile wide receiver. Um, I actually tweeted about this, too. I think Cam is probably their best option for 2021. I, I kind of got on board with that take a couple weeks ago, and I could see them re-signing Cam, and if they can get him some weapons— I think they have a shot to contend in the AFC East again, but the Bills team is just really good right now. So I see them repeating as uh, champs. Yeah, I mean, Arizona with Kyler Murray, Hopkins, J.J. Watt, like they definitely, that was definitely the right answer. I just was trying to bait you there with a little biased Patriots take. Good answer, good answer. All right. (laughs) Super long shot bets here, right? Uh, so these these guys are, are are not expected to win their divisions. But would you rather take the Bengals with Joe Burrow returning at plus twenty five hundred to win the AFC North or Jacksonville with you know Trevor Lawrence incoming with the first overall pick to win the AFC South at plus thirteen hundred? You're getting almost double the odds to to go with the Bengals there. Yeah, I definitely like the odds on the Bengals more, but I think Jacksonville has a better chance to win the AFC South rather than the Bengals win the AFC North. So give me the Jags with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence incoming. Yeah, I agree with that take as well. I mean, I you know, that division is kind of weak to me. Houston is going to be a non-factor. Yeah. It's really just like Tennessee they're contending with. And I'm not I'm yeah. not as bullish on the Wentz era, uh, but we'll see about that. <laughs> there are currently 10 quarterbacks with better odds to win MVP than Justin Herbert. Does that sound right to you? <laughs> no, I don't think that sounds right. No. Um, although they do have a new coach. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. He is a defensive guy, mm-hmm. uh, which historically hasn't really worked out over the last 10 to 15 years in the NFL. So we'll definitely have to wait and see uh, how that plays out. But I think Herbert and Keenan Allen are, you know, screaming buys in fantasy. Yeah, I, I don't understand why uh, people think that Herbert is just as likely as Tannehill to be the MVP, both plus 2,500. I like that value on Herbert. Yeah, I definitely like that too. Houston Texans. Hopkins is gone, thriving in Arizona. J.J. Watt joined him. Deshaun Watson is, you know, nine-tenths out the door already. The team cut Duke Johnson. 
but Texans fans don't need to worry because David Johnson is sticking around. No more Duke Johnson. You know, we're talking about a guy who was the RB19 in PPR last year, 16th in points per game, and he's going as the RB31 in best ball right now. Seventh, eighth round pick, or you spend it on David Johnson. I mean, just don't even mention his name to me. <laughs> to be honest, because I'm not drafting David Johnson in 2021 in fantasy. Oh, Bro, he might be the only no player shot. on their offense left. It's going to be him and yeah. Kiki Cutie running options every play. <laughs> hey, uh, the scoring environment is going to be so terrible in Houston if Watson ends up uh, holding out or if he gets traded. So I'm avoiding all Texans, avoiding all Lions. Those are two teams that yeah, no shot. I'm drafting any players from that, from those teams. Seems fair. All right, two more running back questions here. One, is Aaron Jones going to be on the Packers three weeks from now? I don't think so. I think they want to go with uh, A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams. Um, and Aaron Jones is going to command a decent contract, at least in free agency. So he'll get paid by another team. I could see the Bills. I could see the Jets. The whole AFC East could use a running back like Aaron Jones. So he will not be on the Packers. I agree with that take as well. AJ Dillon currently going in the fifth round. People are already on this. Oh, no shot. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. No <laughs> right. chance. <laughs> Is the running back who's going to lead the Tampa Bay Bucks backfield in touches on their roster right now today? Fournette, free agency, Rojo, cheap contract year. They could cut him if they want. Um, I, I think they'll run with Rojo again for next year. So Fournette going to sign elsewhere. Yeah. I think another team will offer Fournette a contract and he'll dip out of Tampa. That is most, uh, most likely the scenario. I think, you know, playoff Lenny, uh, Super Bowl Lenny, right? Lombardi Lenny. That's what, yeah. Lombardi Lenny, get his name right, please. Jesus. All right. Final round of questions here. I want to focus on the second year wide receivers because this is an absolutely interesting group. And we'll probably do a whole video just talking about these guys, but real quick, just checking the temperature where you're at with some of these guys, you know, Justin Jefferson, clear cut tier number one guy, you know, he had a historic year. He is currently solidified as a second round pick in terms of best ball ADP. Haven't seen him go in the first and I certainly haven't seen him last until the third. So he's right there solid in that second round going around guys like DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, etc. But let's talk about this second tier of guys because this is where it gets interesting. CeeDee Lamb, mid-fourth round pick. Higgins, Ayuk, Claypool are all going right around each other about one round later, mid-fifth round. So do you think that CD is clear-cut above those guys? And do you think that all of those guys belong together? Higgins, Ayuk, Claypool. I think they definitely belong together. Um, I don't know if CD is a clear-cut tier above those players. I do think the Cowboys' offense is better than the, the players that you listed, their respective offenses. So I think that's what gives CD the boost. I understand why he's going in the fourth round, but if I had to pick a wide receiver, it, it would probably be CD. But I also really like Ayuk, and Higgins is is also good too, especially since AJ Green probably won't be on the Bengals anymore, and right. he kind of broke out last year. So, and I think people are thinking the same thing uh, with Juju in regards to Claypool. So, yeah, um, you know, I understand the hype. I was a little disappointed when I hopped in my first batch of drafts and saw CD was going with like the forty fourth pick. Like, God, I, I want to be high on him, but that is, that's yeah. a little much. It's a, it's a little much, a little rich for my blood. All right, let's, let's keep it moving to the next tier of guys. So these are guys who showed flashes, but we were, you know, either inconsistent or, or really more truthfully just suffering from God awful quarterback play all 
year last year. So we've got LaVisca Chenault, who's going in the early seventh round, should get upgraded, you know, to Trevor Lawrence off of Long Neck, Mike Glennon, and and uh, Gardner Minshew. We got Jer- uh, Jerry Judy, who's going about a round later in the early eighth. And then we've got Michael Pittman in the 10th round. How do you feel about this crop? If you had to pick one at ADP. Um, if I had to pick one at ADP, it would be probably Michael Pittman with Carson Wentz. I think he's going to be the number one in the Colts offense with T.Y. Hilton uh, pretty much not coming back to the Colts uh, next season. And you're getting him at the cheapest ADP. So give me Pittman, but I don't mind the other guys either. Um, I actually like this group of wide receivers that you listed. So yeah, I do as well. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on them right now. Jerry Judy to me is going too high with the, you know, in the early eighth round. But if the Broncos straighten up their quarterback situation, then he could skyrocket. Yeah. You know, if they, if they pull somebody huge, then I mean, he has the most mobility to go up. And I think the highest ceiling. All right, next tier here, guys who are just straight up inconsistent. We got Jalen Rager. Uh, we got Denzel Mims. They're going back to back as the wide receivers, 51 and 52. So we're talking, you know, 10th, 11th round range. And then uh, about a round later, we've got Darnell Mooney, who is in the 12th round. How do you feel about these three? I think Darnell Mooney is one of the best buys uh, in this offseason that you can acquire in Dynasty, best ball, wherever you can get them especially if A-Rob leaves. Obviously, the quarterback situation in Chicago is very uncertain, but I think Mooney is a guy that can be a true number one wide receiver in the NFL. He has the talent to do it. That's my son. So give me Darnell Mooney and... Trust me, I'll be having a lot of Darnell Mooney in 2021. Yeah, I mean, you won't have to fight me for him. Uh, No, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. I'll take both of those guys over him. I think they, if we're talking about players who have a, a legit chance to be their team's wide receiver one, I would I would rank Rieger and Mims both ahead of uh, Mooney at this point. But I mean, the Bears probably do lose A-Rob, so there's certainly some targets to absorb. Final question of this segment you know we just talked about like 12 rookie wide receivers, and we didn't mention the guy who got drafted first. Uh, you know, between all of these guys last year, Henry Ruggs, who there are currently 12 wide receivers from that class that are getting drafted ahead of him in best ball, as well as five rookie wide receivers who aren't even in the NFL yet. You know, is Ruggs a draft bust in the same realm as like John Ross, or do you see some upside in year two? <sighs> Henry Ruggs is tough because I think he's a talented player. I just think the the fit in the Raiders scheme is not a good one. Um, especially with a quarterback like Derek Carr that rarely takes shots down the field. Now, maybe in his second year, they design some more plays for him, uh, get him the ball in space, let him use his speed. I think then he would be effective, but I'm staying away from rugs at the end of the day. So, mm. I, I, I kind of am right there with you. I don't know how to handle him. I mean, he's going so late. He's going like, you know, almost 14th round. Like, I think there's upside there. It's just, I don't know. Raiders are a team that I think could surprise someone and make a stunning quarterback move. So, I mean, there was a quote that like came out today, actually, that said uh, Derek Carr is the Raiders quarterback moving forward, and they they were impressed with his 2020 season. I think that came from Mike Mayock, if I'm not mistaken. What was impressive about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. All right. Good job, man. Good job. That that they weren't quite as rapid fire as I wanted, but I mean that was like twenty five questions. So I I like it. I like it. You know, I feel I feel like we just caught up. Is there anything we missed? Any crazy NFL stories that that we missed there? I think that really catches uh, the listeners up. 
Yeah, I think that's about everything. Um, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Oh man, the news is going to be pumping out. It's a great time. I, I love fantasy this time of year. So so many ADPs are going to be switching. So if you have a good grasp on what's going on and a little bit of foresight, I, it's a great time to be in these best ball drafts. You know, we're going to be hopping in some soon. So yeah, can't wait for that. So uh, you haven't done any yet, have you? No, I have not. All right, that'll that'll be dope. We can do it. We can do your first one on Monday. You know, get get some live reactions. That'll be <laughs> fun. I, however, you know, stone degenerate. Uh, I'm already in like 20 drafts right now as we speak. So I'm working on my first article of the off season. It's going to be my you know top buys for March ADP as it currently sits. The article is going to have about eight players listed in it, and it'll be out this weekend, exclusive to the DFS Dose Discord chat. So you guys can hop in there and read this article for free. We'll. Make Make it publicly available a couple days later, but just want to make sure that, you know, our loyal community members get the first crack at exploiting some of these ADPs that are just absolutely wild, you know, players going, <laughs> you know, rounds uh, away from where they should. Um, and one of those guys, the guy that I am having trouble not drafting in every single draft that I'm in is James Robinson. I mean, God, this man is <laughs> going right now on drafters at 26.5. He's the RB 15. And on underdog, he's going at 28.7 as the RB 18th. We're talking about third round, top of the third round. How do you feel about James Robinson at that price point? I mean, I like James Robinson. I like him as a player. I think at that ADP is fine. He did show some catching ability in his rookie year uh, with Gardner Minshew and Mike Glennon. A lot of dump off uh, passes that he caught. So I think he is kind of being a little undervalued, but in the fantasy community, there is a lot of group think that they will bring in another running back to compete with Robinson or to spell him. Um, some would say, especially with him having no draft capital, he was an undrafted free agent last year. Uh, and draft capital is important, but I think J-Rob is the guy. I think they're going to run with him for 2021. I don't see why they wouldn't. He's a great player, um, one of the best rookie running backs from last year's class. And then not to mention, you have Urban Meyer who's coming in uh, from the college streets and he's a great coach and he's continually gotten the most out of his players at the college level including Ohio State Florida Utah and even at Bowling Green and this dude turns losing programs into winning programs that's why I also like the Jags bet going back to that real quick mm -hmm. um, I, I think they have the best chance to go from worst to first in the AFC I think and James Robinson I think he's going to be the guy um, and that offense should be explosive with uh, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. So I'm buying J-Rob, and I don't think a lot of people are. Yeah, and not only that, but also the players that are going around him in terms of ADP. Like, he finished as the running back seven in PPR with only 14 games played. He averaged almost 18 points per game. You know, he was sixth in points per game at the running back position, over 1,000 yards rushing, uh, 4.28 targets per game, like you said, versatile in the passing game. And he scored 10 touchdowns despite being on an offense that scored the fifth fewest touchdowns in the NFL. So, you know, if we see that trend reverse in there, even middle of the road, I think the opportunity for James Robinson is sky high. You know, you said he was one of the best rookie running backs in the class. I mean, I think it's fair to say that he was the best and if not the best, the most consistent because you could argue that Jonathan Taylor finished the season stronger, that Cam Akers finished the season stronger, but Taylor was extremely inconsistent for the first half of the year. Cam Akers didn't see the field until week 13 swift dobbins gibson they're all being drafted ahead of james robinson and they are all already in guaranteed workload splits 
correct? So so yeah. to me, the possibility of somebody joining James Robinson in the backfield is not being baked into his price at all because everybody that is going ahead of him is already in that situation. And even if they bring a running back in, like say they draft one, I still think it's James Robinson's job to yes. lose and he's a great running back. So I think it'll take a lot for him to not be the starter. And I think he's going to be the workhorse for Jacksonville in 2021, which is kind of an unpopular opinion, but yeah, it's one I'm willing to buy and I'm buying yeah. it hard right now. I've, I've taken him in like damn near every draft. <laughs> Someone else that I'm looking at heavy is a player that I feel pretty vindicated on uh, from my take last year. I, I was bullish on him last year and I'm bullish on him again. And that's Robbie Anderson, right? He's going right now as the wide receiver 38 on drafters, ADP of 80, uh, wide receiver 35, a few picks earlier on underdog. You know, you're drafting him around seventh, eighth round as your wide receiver four. I was high on him last year and he paid that off. Career high in targets, career high in receptions, career high in yards. And I don't know why, but it again feels like there is zero hype around this man, despite him coming off of a 95 catch season, uh, almost 1,100 yards. He was the wide receiver 19 and only scored three touchdowns despite having 136 targets. Like if you don't think that is regressing when they improve on Teddy Bridgewater at the quarterback position... I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, Robbie Anderson is a clear-cut buy right now at his ADP. Of wide receiver 38, that's kind of crazy. Um, But I feel like his ADP will 100% rise in the coming months. Like, I think this is the lowest you'll get him at is in March, which, you know, is the value of drafting early is you get some of these guys that are going to be heavy movers in ADP when July, August comes and you know Robbie Anderson might be going in the fourth round by then yeah so it's um, definitely that's a situ- where DJ Moore is going and they were almost identical in their numbers yeah. so it's definitely a situation to capitalize on um, if Curtis Samuel leaves for a free agency that bolsters DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson's uh, fantasy outlook I love both of them to be honest for 2021 like you said they should upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater Maybe they make a splash trade and get Watson into Carolina. I think that'd be the best situation for Watson if we're talking about trades. And they're going into year two of a Joe Brady scheme that wants to push the ball downfield uh, to their guys on the outside. Teddy Bridgewater just couldn't get it done last year. He couldn't do that. He tried, but didn't really work out too well feel like they understand that they're going to get rid of them um I think that's a fact I love Robbie Anderson I love DJ Moore I'm buying the Panthers this year you know they're reportedly quote-unquote obsessed with finding a quarterback upgrade like I think that they are one of the teams that could give up three plus firsts for one of these guys like Watson or Wilson or or whomever so I mean you, you get either of those guys in there you get a top tier quarterback in there with Robbie Anderson and uh DJ Moore and you are flying to the Yeah, money. they're they're top 5 wide receivers if Watson goes there. I'm not even joking. I think one of them one of them is top 5 in fantasy if Watson or Russ goes to Carolina. I I agree totally. All right, last guy we're going to talk about on the podcast, uh you'll have to read the article to find the rest and this is Tony Pollard who right now is going as the running back 39 on drafters and uh, the running back 37 on underdog. We're talking about RB4 status. Uh, draft range is, you know, ninth to 10th round, 11th if you're stupid lucky. Um, and 
I'm all over this Tony Pollard situation and it's twofold. One, I I think that I am going to be taking a heavy position against Zeke right now. Uh, Zeke is going, you know, towards the back end of the first round. I have no interest in him at that point over guys like Nick Chubb and Cam Akers. No, thank you. Um, So I, I think... I'll be betting both against Zeke, and that's kind of a bet in favor of Tony Pollard if you think about how the season is going to play out. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think this is where we'll disagree. Yeah. I don't okay. I don't yeah, mind. Right. I don't mind Tony Pollard. Let me just put that out there. I think he's actually a good running back, and he should be a starting running back in the NFL. But as long as Zeke is there with the contract that they gave him, he's going to be the starter. It's just that simple, I think. And I think drafting a guy like Tony Pollard in the ninth round when you could find other value elsewhere, especially at the wide receiver position, which is continually deep each and every year, and it just gets deeper. Um, I think it could be a bad pick. I still think Zeke, like I said, is the guy in Dallas. He was the top five fantasy running back before Dak went down with his season-ending injury in 2020. So personally, I kind of like buying low on Zeke because I think – a majority of people are on your side. I think a majority of people don't want Zeke. I think they think he's done and, you know, he looked fat, he looked slow, yada, yada, yada. Personally, I think I'm buying into Zeke for 2021 rather than investing into Tony Pollard. So I think that's fair. 100%. And and I hear what you're saying about the offense bouncing back. It's also worth noting, though, that Tony Pollard's Week 15 game, which I'm sure you recall because we stone jammed him in on DraftKings and he made us all the money in the world with that 31.2 point fantasy mm-hmm. game. Shout out to him. Um, that was better than any game that Zeke had, even in the stretch when, when Dak was. Well, yeah. Game. The ceiling is high with Tony Pollard. Zeke looked bad, but I think in 2021, um, I still think Zeke is the guy. If he can go back to his 2019 form, you know, this is going to be a top five, top seven fantasy running back with Zeke, and we know he can catch passes. Obviously, Tony Pollard is going to vulture, but as a ninth-round pick, you're just kind of hoping that they move away from Zeke and towards Tony Pollard, which I just don't think is going to happen. The other thing I would say about this is maybe your perspective will change a little bit once you hop into some of these drafts and you see the other players available in that range. Because let me tell you, bro, it is absolutely disgusting. Like the running back pool is worse than it's ever been. By the time you're in round seven, you just you're you hate your life. So, um, you know, you're going to be paying for guys in this tier anyways. You know, this was similar to the price we were paying for guys like Pollard last year or Alexander Madison or Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And out of these guys, you know, Edmonds had the opportunity a couple times and he failed. Madison had the opportunity a couple times and he failed. At least we saw with Pollard that it's proven if Zeke goes down, he can flourish and be successful. So if that is the price you're going to be paying in best ball for these backup guys with high ceilings and Tony Pollard's price didn't really rise despite proving it, that's why I'm going to be buying him. But of course, I do agree that that Zeke is the incumbent there and it would take, you know, mm-hmm. continued uh, lack of success for him to for Pollard to shine or an injury. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Pollard is a great player. I'm just kind of skeptical on buying him in the ninth round. That is fair. All right. I think we can close that out. If you guys want to read the rest of the article, like I said, join the Discord chat for free. We'll be posting the link in there so you guys can you know, hop in, read the article for free. We'll post it on our Twitter uh, early next week as well for the rest of the general public. But yeah, I mean, now is the time to be getting in these best ball drafts. The value is crazy on some of these players, and uh, Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. We're putting it out there for you guys to take advantage of. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what else has immense value right now? 
What's up? NBA Top Shots. Okay. All right. Selling so- for millions. <laughs> Oh my God. All right, here. I have this little clip actually. Let's play this real quick. This was from our last podcast uh, before we went on break. And this was our take on NBA Top Shots at about the uh, end point of January. The only way I see this developing into what I think people are projecting it to be is if the NBA and Top Shots start going after YouTube and trying to take those clips down so that it becomes exclusive to the site. So that'll never happen, first of all. Second of all, I don't really want to bash these uh, people for spending a ridiculous amount of money on some clips from NBA games, like some simple dunks and don't want to come off as a hater or whatever, but like I kind of have to because I think it's very stupid. I think it's a bad investment. (laughs) This could easily be irrelevant in the next year. I I just don't see it with these top shots, man. Like this is just something that these gambling degenerates in the DFS community and in the fantasy community and the gambling community. This is just another thing for people to gamble on because they are addicted to spending money. They are addicted to the adrenaline that it gives you of wasting $30,000 on a clip that you can go see on YouTube. I think that's just what it comes down to is addiction. The website has crashed multiple times. Um, Like I said, I think it's a bad investment, but we'll let everybody else lose their money on something that i can go watch right now if i wanted to (laughs) (laughs) wow so obviously um you know in the time that that has passed since october top shots has done over 230 million dollars in sales uh you know, it was kind of popping off at that point. I think that's when all the DFS touts were getting out of uh, fantasy mode and getting into NBA top shots mode. And since then, we've seen, you know, NBA players are tweeting about it. And really, the whole NFT market is exploding. Um, if you look at the numbers, NFTs are selling at a rate that they've never sold before starting in January this year. So it's a booming business right now. Do you agree with the take that we had uh, about, you know, 40 days ago? <laughs> I mean, what a take yeah. by, by, by yours truly. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I agreed with you. You were more on that clip, but I was right there with you calling it, yeah. calling it dumb. So let, let's be, I right. mean, uh, it, it's, it's tough, man, because I still don't necessarily see the value in it, but I do understand that the market is growing exponentially and NBA players are getting into it and random people um, that are just everyday people are learning about NFTs and learning about the blockchain and all of that. So I think that we were wrong about it being a bad investment Clearly. because the value is growing exponentially right now. Like it's like quadrupling every day in terms of value. Um, maybe I just still don't understand it. I don't have any top shots and I don't see myself getting into it. Um, I just don't really have an interest for it, so most likely won't get into it, but I think it's safe to say that we were wrong on that part, but I also do stand by the stance that this is mainly popping off just because rich people are bored, you know, we're still in quarantine, well, some states aren't, but we're, we're technically, like, still in quarantine, America's still closed, uh, these rich people are bored. They just want to gamble. That's all it is, is gambling. Yeah. Um, they're just trying to make a profit. 
and I still yeah I still stand by that. But definitely we're wrong about the value and it being dumb. I, I don't think it's dumb anymore. I mean, I I had the exact same uh, take as you there. I mean, I think that you were 100% spot on that these people are just addicted to gambling. Um, you know, and I say these people like I'm not one of them. Like I am. It's just that that wasn't an avenue that I wanted to gamble on. But yeah, I do think it really does come down to that in the end. Spot on with that take. Obviously, we were wrong about the value. I also think we were wrong about the fact that it could be gone a year from now. So on our YouTube channel, we posted that clip and people were like, yo, leave this up for a year. See if you guys still think that. And it it only took us a couple months, I think, to realize the error of our ways. So, uh, you know, I think it shows uh, some maturity by us. In the past, we might have just dug in on this and just been like, you know, screw NBA top shots for the next year just because that's what our original take was. (laughs) But I mean, that would just be flat wrong and like the more NBA players get involved, you know, they're talking about it on NBA broadcasts on cable TV. Like this thing, uh, Mm. it's going to explode. I just see it happening where as the market becomes more and more flooded with the packs and like the moments and et cetera, the value of like the average thing is going to go way, 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 way down. I think that is going to absolutely collapse and there's going to be a lot of stuff that isn't valuable. Like people aren't going to just want to see some random dribbles from a random scrub the way that they want to now. But you know, the valuable stuff and especially the stuff from like the series one, you know, the, the original drops are going to be super valuable with, with star players. Definitely for sure. I mean, they're already valuable right now. And if you hold on to those, you know, in a year, they're probably going to be extremely, extremely valuable. So definitely we're wrong on that. And you know, that that's, that's what growing up does. You can recognize when you were wrong and admit to it and, we were wrong about NBA top shots. And now just want to say this, if NFL top shots come out, that might be something I might get into (laughs) and I might lose my entire bank account. Like you see this, well, they can't see, but you see this room I'm in. I might not be living in this room in a year Mm -hmm. if that comes out. Okay. So we'll we'll see on that. Yeah. Um, that that's, and also by the way, that it's inevitable. There's no oh, yeah, shot yeah. that the MLB, the NFL, the NHL are not watching this and being like, all right, yo, get our team on this. When can we drop? Like, yeah, that's a fact. Give that's it a, a year, fact. give it mm-hmm. a year. And every sports league will be doing this. So 100%. yeah. And I'll, we'll probably be a NFL top shots podcast by that time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, great podcast back, man. Uh, Super excited. Glad that we did this. And uh, we're going to be on a pretty, pretty good schedule every week now. Like we said, Mondays, we're doing streams. Uh, Thursdays, we're dropping a new podcast. We got YouTube videos coming at least every Saturday, like dedicated, you know, hard subject YouTube videos, plus the stuff that we're going to put out randomly, you know, clips, reactions to news, et cetera, et cetera. TikToks. TikToks. Yep. Oh God. You know, in the discord Mm. chat articles, you know, the off season, it may be the off season, but it's, it's our season to grind. So we're getting into it. Um, before we get out of here though, I do have one question for you. Uh, the listeners are probably not following you on Snapchat the way that I am, but I saw you <laughs> post a story the other day that you were, you know, delving into the MCU, the Marvel cinematic universe. And, you know, this is something that I hold dear to my heart. Um, so why don't you tell the people about that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so I like like superhero movies and, and TV shows, right? I'm not against it, but I've never really dabbled into watching all of the Marvel movies that have came out over the last 10, 12 years. So recently, uh, after talking to some people, I decided to start the journey going through all of the Marvel movies in 
order, in chronological order. Now, you might be thinking, is chronological order going from when the movies were released? No. I am going in order from when the movies take place. In the timeline of In the timeline of Marvel. So the first movie that takes place is obviously Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. That takes place in World War II era. Right now... I am on Captain Marvel, which came out in 2019, but it takes place in 1995, which makes it the second movie. And shout out to this random website that I found that put every movie in a chronological order. So I'm just going based off that. So right now I'm only on the uh, second movie, um, which is Captain Marvel. And yeah, it's probably going to take me a couple months, but I decided to start watching every movie and... I can't wait to watch Endgame and, and watch them all die. So, <laughs> um, so I mean, I love the Marvel movies. You know, I'm like, go. You know, I saw the last two Avengers at midnight on the on the nights they were released. Like, I'm I'm hardcore into this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I, first of all, I think that you're definitely going about it wrong. But you've already started. So, I mean, I the thing about it is like, yeah, like Captain Marvel is begins in 1995, but they show stuff, you know, of modern modern era as well. And like, also the like you know kept like those are not the best movies so like i just as long as you as long as you stick through it but like you know you start with iron man that's like a stone cold classic that was the first one that came out so hopefully you're able to get through you know some of the movies that may not be the best of the series to get to the good stuff that's going to be in the middle and towards the end yeah oh just gotta stick through it yeah definitely i'm watching every single movie in order but that's how many people recommend to watch it to mm-hmm. understand the timeline. Like I get that some of the movies may not be the greatest um, and, and it might be weird to do it that way. But to fully understand what happens, you have to watch it in the order of of when they happen in the Marvel Universe, not when they were released, you know, in real life, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm super excited to track this journey with you. We'll we'll get some movie reviews <laughs> along the way as you get to them and get through some of the better ones, especially you know the Iron Man movies, the the last two Captain Americas, especially goddamn amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, trailing this journey with Joey. But that is going to be it for episode 130 of the DFS Dose podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. I'm at Ben Hover. You can get to Joey at Joey Carrion. DFS subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and every other podcast platform on the internet. We'll be back on Thursday, March 11th with episode 131. Our first stream is on Monday. If you're out there listening, we appreciate you. We value you. Let's stay accountable. Keep it authentic. Vibes. Vibes.